Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. This year, like, has been a year where we've been talking about outpour, and God put it on our hearts. And I don't know what what your um, take on that is, but so many times when God speaks, we think, "Oh, yeah, it's going to happen like this." And it doesn't. It happens totally different. God does things differently to the way that we think it should be done. That's how He gets our attention. Because if it's just done the way we think it should be done, it's just like, ho-hum. But this is a year where we've actually, God said, I want you to focus on my outpouring. He's poured out His Spirit on all flesh. How many people have been connecting with the Holy Spirit? It's not too late. And it doesn't finish at the end of this year. This has been a year we've been focusing on the outpouring of God. And I've been just noticing God's goodness, God's favour, God's provision, God's mercy. And in that, we just want to, as a couple, we just want to say thank you to you as a church for stepping in this year. Um, And if you're not involved in any area in the church, please, it's not hard. Just get involved. We're, We're actually meant to do good to the household of faith. We're meant to actually serve the household of faith. So on behalf of Kylie and I and our family, we just want to say thank you um, for, yeah, for faithfulness, for your generosity, for your obedience this year. And just, um, yeah, you've made it really easy for us to, to delve into the things of God and to actually deliver a message from the heart of God. And you receive it so well. Do you want to say anything? Oh. <laughs> You're amazing. We love you all. Yes, we'll thank you. Looking forward to doing life with you all next year. Next year is going to be an awesome year. Thank you, team. Great job. Got a groove happening. Ah, oh, yeah. Where to start now? Who enjoyed their Christmas? Yeah. I did. Who ate too much? Yeah. Who ate just enough? Who ate not enough? No one. Oh, wow. That's good to know. Who sits down and has Christmas bonbons? I'm going to be talking about our brain meats today. So who sat down and opened up their Christmas bonbons? Who has them? We have them in our household. Usually they're really bad. Oh, they're so bad. Like you get this little plasticky thing and you go, what is that? And you've got a hat that you have to wear. And then you've got jokes that you, you just feel obliged to tell, and they're usually so, so bad. But this year, Kylie and I really delved in there and bought some um, quite excellent bonbons. They had jeweler's um, screwdrivers. Uncle Bruce got those. Um, jeweler's screwdrivers and, like, bottle openers. We were looking for a bottle opener right before Christmas dinner. We couldn't find it. And then we, like, had five of them. Um, and... <laughs> And yo-yos that didn't work. Um, but they had toys in them. Yeah, you can't get too, much, too many toys for just a few dollars each. But they have jokes. So I've got some questions here. But these are more like tricky quizzes that I want you to think about this morning. So we're going to throw them on the screen. What can fly without wings and cry without tears? Think about this. What can fly without wings and cry Without eyes. Did I say tears? Eyes. Anybody? No. You really, you want to know now? Clouds. 
Oh, see, when you know the answer, it's like, oh, of course. It's like a magic trick. If I did a magic trick, everyone goes, how did you do that? And when I show you, you go, oh, that's stupid. Okay, what tastes better than it smells? This one's easy. What was that? Your tongue. What tastes better than it smells? Who can smell with their tongue? Well, actually, 80% of all olfactory, like your tasting, comes through your nose. So, uh, What word is spelled wrong, but they keep putting it in every dictionary? Ah, that one's easy, wasn't it? <laughs> wrong. You're getting it now. Okay, here's a mathematical one. 20 divided by a half plus 10 equals... <laughs> Ashley, who else got it? Ashley got it straight away. Mathematicians in the house. Who gets that? 20 divided by a half plus 10 equals... It's not 20, it's 50. Because if you divide by a decimal point or by a fraction, it turns into a multiplication. You're just like, I've lost half of you. Okay. This is a really good one. Okay, for those ones who aren't good with maths, but maybe good with English. Okay. French, this is a statement, French begins with an F and ends with an E. True, false, or oh, that's a stupid question. French begins with an F and ends with an E. It's true. Yeah. French starts with F and ends with E. Okay, I'll explain it. French starts with an F and ends starts with an E. Okay, now that we've got your, some blood maybe circulating through your head and all that, we've been talking about how we fight our battles and we've been using Ephesians 6, which is the armour of God. Can I just say, talking about clothing and everything like that, I feel quite fashionable at the moment. I said to Kylie, you sure these short shorts work with this shirt? I would rather wear a different colour. But then I turn up and Frank's wearing very similar coloured pants to me. And then Kim gets on stage and I'm sure Kylie bought my shorts from where Kim shops. <laughs> so, today I want to talk about our heads, our minds, specifically about our minds. And Ephesians 6.17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So I've got a prop again, because prop, agenda, works. Okay, this one's really special. I wish I had this weeks ago, but I didn't. Kids, never do this. Okay, glasses. This is the only way I can put it on. Okay. Oh. Wow, that really works. I'm not the only one in here. That, that got really loud all of a sudden, didn't it? This is the way. I feel like the Mandalorian. The helmet of salvation. The word is actually wholeness. The helmet of wholeness. But it also says take up the helmet of wholeness. Helmet of salvation. The helmet that has actually guards your brain meats, guards your head. And um, it's a really interesting word, but it also says take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You must use your brain meats and your mouth at the same time, speaking things. And now, get this. I'm going to wear this. I can poke my tongue out. Nobody knows. I can pull faces. <laughs> I just can't read. Uh, <laughs> 
Here we go. If you want a photo, take it now. Ken, here we go. No. <laughs> okay. No, that's not going to work. You got the idea, though, haven't you? Where'd my bag go? Okay. Get the bag, get the bag. There we go. Thank you to Lee Cubitt for his beautiful helmet. He's not here at the moment. He'll come to the next one. Now, the word helmet actually means this. It's a Greek word that is um, kephale, which means the, um, the wrapping around of the head. Now, the head is, get this, the word head means the most seized object. The most seized object. That word is, is actually rooted in head, the most seized object. And then the word that it comes from means the knobs that were on the end of the manuscript or scriptures. So head or was also come from the root word of the two knobs that you would grab hold of to roll out scripture in the, you know, like Jesus did when he quoted Isaiah. He, he rolled out the scroll of scripture. So the head is meant to be, and this is the Father's heart. The Father's heart is that we should have our minds, our heads, not just wrapped in a helmet, but wrapped in the Word of God. Wrapped in the containment of the Word of God, that everything going around our heads, because our heads, our minds, are the object that is most seized and most distracted. I think we live really distracted lives. Callum just said, what did he say? With, with help, you could be a comedian. Um, <laughs> he didn't say that at all. I'm just trying to be funny. With help, I could be a comedian. So the Heavenly Father's plan was for our minds to be wrapped in the wisdom of his word, protected and governed by the counsel, the order, and the peace that the word of God establishes. Now, the most... Um, information that because we're just distracted people at the moment. Um, no matter where you go, you're like you could be driving down the road and the car in front of you. This happens not just you know often. It happens daily. It happens moment by moment. How many people are driving and then they see the car in front of them coming towards them, just sort of veer across the road because they're looking down, and then they're like, oh, we are distracted. I remember we, I used to drive through Melbourne with the Melways. On my steering wheel. I wasn't distracting at all. I, I think it would be classed as illegal nowadays. But we are a distracted generation. We have so much information and knowledge at our fingertips because of the internet. Now, the internet, when it first came out, it was the culmination of all knowledge, all understanding, all you know, information. But the problem is, it was meant to make us smart. It was meant to give us information at our fingertips. Do you know what's happened? It's making us stupider. The, this collection of all knowledge and understanding is just making us dumber and dumber and dumber. And not only that, the, that was the essence of the internet, was to actually inform us. And what's happening? We just listen to any garbage that people are talking about and we can get distracted on a thread or on a, on a I don't know, whatever the other things that they use and just get carried away on social media. Now, social media, it was meant to be able to connect us with our loved ones, with our friends, with our families, connect us quickly and efficiently. 
Do you know what's happening now? It's connecting us with the rogues and the swindlers and the, the bullies in society. It's now one of the, the highest things. Do you know since the internet came out, suicide has more than doubled. Since the internet has come out, mental health has taken a nosedive. Self-esteem has taken a massive nosedive. Because as humans, when we get lots of information and lots of choices, we start comparing and we start desiring and we start wanting. Not just looking for what we need, but looking for what we want. We want it. We need it. We must have the precious. Movies. Oh, gee, I'm really reticent to say this, but I'm saying we this morning. We. Okay. This is me as well. Movies. Love movies. You know, I, I love sitting down and just chilling out with a movie, but sometimes movies can take up way too much time. Um, social media can just consume our days. Games. Gaming. It's great. I remember when gaming first came, the first game I ever got was this little thing. It wasn't a Nintendo, it was before they were created. And, um, and it was uh, a guy in a boat rowing, and there was like four sets of rowing, and there were like four sets of guys jumping out of a helicopter. They just kept jumping out, and you had to move across. And I got so good at that thing. I was just playing that day and night. The problem was, when I went to sleep at night, I would shut my eyes, and I'd just see parachutists <laughs> jumping out. And I'm like, what the, you know? I remember Adrian. When we got our first computer in the house, he gamed non-stop. <laughs> Until he realised, wow, this has become an addiction to me. My game wasn't an addiction. His were. Like, <laughs> mine, I controlled easily because it had a battery. When the battery ran out, they were expensive to replace. He could just plug his into the wall and just keep on going on that Tandy. I don't know, what was it? <laughs> it was a piece of garbage by now. Today's standards. Sport. Great entertainment sport. But has anyone watched the, um, the Barmy Army or the, like the, the Aussie Yobbos? Do you know the, the Come On Aussie campaign has come back now? Come on, Aussie, come on. Oh, I love that. Takes me back to the 80s. Oh, the good old days. No, not really. They were shocking days. Haven't you seen our clothing? What we wore back then, the big hair, the big shoulder pads. <laughs> the world of amusement and entertainment has the potential to get our attention and to just drag us into idolatry. Now, you might say, but I don't worship it. If you're looking at social media all the time, if you're looking at the internet all the time, if you're having to go to it and you can't put it down, it becomes idolatry in our lives. I, I, I know, I get the phantom vibrations as well. Anyone else? It's not good vibrations, it's fan, 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 phantom vibration. You go, oh, my phone's just buzzed. Somebody's trying to contact. No, it's not. <laughs> or am I alone in this? Who gets phantom vibrations now? Yep. I <laughs> he thinks his phone's in his pocket and it's his wallet. That's what he's saying. But can I say all these things are puddles? Now, you'll understand what I say in a when I get through this, they are puddles. They're not very deep and they dry up and then we go looking for more puddles and more puddles and more puddles. We're actually meant to look for something that sustains us, something that is fresh. Puddles are stagnant. 
They actually do nothing and go nowhere. And when, when the season changes, those puddles dry up. But I want to talk about some deep things today. Um, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. See, in Deuteronomy 6, um, the, they were, Israel was commanded to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. When Jesus came along, he added something in there. And Matthew twenty two thirty seven and Luke 10, 27, well, 37 and 27 makes it easy to remember. They're both numbers. He said <laughs> to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. He said it right through Luke. He said it through Matthew. He said it through, um, I think he said it in Mark as well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. The thing is with the, the prevalence of where we get a majority of our information, we get a majority of our value system from the internet, because people are making judgment calls and value calls on what they're getting off social media. It could be a rant from anybody who's just going, I'm going to mess with some people today and say something that I don't even agree with, but I'm going to throw it out there so I can get attention. So everyone just responds and I go, <laughs> uh, if it says it on Wikipedia, it must be true. Because everyone gets to involve themselves in Wikipedia. <laughs> don't believe everything on Wikipedia. But our mental health, our self-esteem... Our ability to control our urges and our emotions are affected by what we fill our lives with. Listen to this. This is Catherine Star, Catherine, Katharina Starr. She's got a PhD and she works in um, behavioralist science and also in anxiety and everything like that. And she says there, is a, there has also been, she says a lot before this, but I kept it right down for you this morning. There has also been a corresponding no, wait a minute. According to theories of cognitive therapy, your thoughts and values determine the way you see yourself and the world around you. Thoughts and belief that are, beliefs that are grounded in pessimism can negatively impact your feelings, your emotions, and your mental health. So if you're surrounding yourself with watching, and I, I do this every now and then, I've got to a point now where I don't want to watch the news at night. Not because I don't want to be informed, it's, it's because I don't want to get angry. I just look at what's coming out and, and the thing is that it's only one side of the story. There is always multiple points of the story, but we get one side and it might just be information, but a lot of times it might be on politics or on what our government's doing. Like um, our beautiful Prime Minister went away for a holiday. He didn't just do it spur of the moment. That's planned months, sometimes a year in advance. So he goes away on a holiday, Australia decides to burn, and everyone now wants to burn our Prime Minister. Can't he have a holiday? Can't he just go away for a bit of a break? No! 24-7, you've got to be on duty, and you've got to fulfil my desires, my wills, my wants, my needs, everything all at once, or else you're a bad Prime Minister. If we're looking to the Prime Minister to fill our, all those things, you're going to leave, live a very pessimistic life because only ever, at best, 50% of the people are going to be happy. Or 51%. The other 49 could be unhappy, but they have to put up what, what the other 51% have decided. I remember... When, oh, sorry. I can get off track. So 
She goes on to say, these harmful perceptions are common issues that contribute to the symptoms of mood and anxiety disorders in our society. People with moods, you've seen them in the supermarket, yelling, screaming at a child, why are you picking that up? Why are you doing that? Why don't you just listen to me? And the kid is numb to screaming now because they raise their voice so often that it's just like water off a duck's back. I remember the first house that Kylie and I ever bought and the neighbours never talked to their kids. They just yelled at their kids. And we sat there going, we can hear them from here. My goodness me, this isn't going to work. We I don't want to yell at our kids. So we actually made a, a pact right then and there that we would never raise our voice towards our kids unless it was an emergency. So if it was an emergency, like, stop, they would stop. And they'd go, this is one of those moments where I've got to listen to mum and dad. Because we wouldn't raise our voice until it was an emergency or there was a, a life and death issue. Because that's when it's meant to happen. Of course, if they were a long way off, we would shout to them, yes, yes, yes. But if they were in close by, we would not raise our voice. We would actually tell them off. Sometimes we'd very... And they'd be like, hey, this is going well. Because we're like, you know, you did the wrong thing. You know, this isn't right. You know, you shouldn't behave like that. You shouldn't hurt your brother like that. You, you know. <laughs> we aren't meant to have minds that are polluted by the pattern of this world with all its undermining, with all its comparisons, with all its greed. It's not healthy for us. Now, I'm not against the internet. I'm just against reading everything on the internet and listening to and getting absorbed by everything on the internet. You might try and get in contact with me. I'll leave my phone somewhere because I just don't want that thing controlling my life. I've now got this thing with me and God. If I'm looking at my phone or answering my phone more than what I'm communicating with him, that thing's idolatry to me. Now, that mightn't be you, but that's me. So I'm just going, nah, you're not, living my, you're not controlling my life. I'm going to go talk to God out in the garden. Oh, I made this beautiful pasta last night with the cherry tomatoes and the grape tomatoes out of our garden with the onions. And oh, I'll give you the recipe if you want it later. Made it up myself. It was brilliant. We can have a mind that's following the pattern of this world, or we can have the mind that's following God's kingdom and God's pattern. We can have the mind of self, or we can have the mind of the spirit. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed. Now, this is scriptures that if you've been in church for more than a week, you would have heard some of these, okay? But I want you to look at them afresh today from the perspective of our minds, nothing else but just our minds. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashion and after and adapted to its external superficials and customs. They are everywhere. Superficial and external customs, they are everywhere. Everyone wants to look right. Everyone wants to sort of act right because that's it. But they, underneath are in turmoil, underneath are hollow, underneath are empty. Uh, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable per and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you, for me. We can find it when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
1 Corinthians 2, um, 9. I've got a lot of scriptures this morning. Is that all right? These are, these are really good scriptures. I worked hard to write them. No, to find them, to bring, no, to copy and paste them into my notes, to bring them to you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, However, it is written, no eye has seen what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, I just want to stop there. No one has seen the fullness of the love of God yet. So keep delving in. Keep drawing near. Keep leaning into God. If you think, oh, but I don't have it in this area. He's not coming through in this area. No, 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 no. You still haven't seen it. He has got so much for you. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe what the world's telling you. If you don't have it by now, then God isn't going to do it. I've got to go get it for myself. No, no, no. Trust God. Trust God. You could be right on the cusp of the most incredible breakthrough of his outpouring in your life. And all it needs is just a little bit more tenacity, a little bit more holding on, a little bit more grit in your life to go, no, I'm not going to follow that pattern. I'm going to follow his way. Uh, These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now, the spirit searches all things, even the deep Things, not the shallows, not the puddles, the deep things of God. It actually says in, in Scripture, deep calls to deep. In the roaring of his waterfalls, God wants to call to the depth of your life, not to the shallow things, the superficial things of your life. He wants to activate the deep things in your life with the deep things in his spirit. Where am I up to? For who knows a person's thoughts in their mind except their own spirit within them? In the same way, what, who knows um, the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God? I love this because when we're communicating with the Spirit, this is what praying in the Spirit is all about because we're communicating with the very heart, our heart, with God's heart. One knows the heart of God but the Spirit of God. One knows the heart of man but the Spirit of God. And the, our mind, our heart is connecting with the mind and the heart of God. It's such a beautiful thing. He's made it so easy for us. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom. (laughs) That's an oxymoron right there. But in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. This is a person without the spirit. Most people will look at your faith and just go, ah, that's okay for you, <laughs> but that's not for me. Because unless, until you step into faith, you don't get faith. It just looks like foolishness. It's like, oh, you've just got a closed mind. It's like, no, 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 no. My mind is open to the God of the universe. My mind is open to the wisdom that created everything. If anyone's got a closed mind, it's somebody that shuts themselves off to that. And we all have a choice. The person without the Spirit considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. If you're not getting Scripture at the moment, start asking the Spirit. If you're not getting what's, what's happening in your life, you think you're going through a struggle or a tough time or a trial and you're going, oh, this is unfair, this isn't right, why God, why? Then ask the Holy Spirit, why am I in this season? What are you wanting to form in me through this season, Father God? What do you want to do in my life while I'm going through this tough time? And if you're going through hell, don't stop. Go through hell. Go through it. 
There's, there's three words in Scripture for, for hell. It's Sheol, Gehenna, and Hades. They, Sheol is the, is the grave. Hades is that waiting place. But Gehenna, that's the rubbish dump. No one wants to be in the rubbish dump for too long. I remember going there one day and I'm throwing stuff out. And I looked over and there was the biggest drumsticks, as in meat drumsticks, as in poultry drumsticks I had ever seen. I think somebody had been slaughtering an emu or something. They were, and it stunk. Gehenna stinks. If you're going through Gehenna, if you're going through hell, ask God, why am I here? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no because you are with me. Your rod, your guidance, and your staff, you're moving me along, protecting me. It comforts me. So ask God, why am I going through this season? Because I don't want to go through this season again. Have your way, God. Work what you've got to work in me. Let me learn everything. Let me, Holy Spirit, I want to discern everything through that. Now, Jesus said we've got to have this mind, with all our mind, to, to love the Lord our God. But we don't just have to have the mind of self. We can have the mind of Christ. Listen to this, Philippians 2.5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset. This is actually having a unified, harmonious mindset. There's, there's so much about that. So, And also, um, I'll just read my notes here because I've got no idea what I've written here. Last night, I'm one of these people that does messages at the last minute. Because I've done messages a week in advance, two weeks in advance, and then by the time it comes to giving the message, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about something else, and I'm like, oh, that wasted. So now I've learned, leave it to the last minute. No, don't leave it to the last minute. I'm thinking about it all the time. But last night, I'm just finishing off, and I... I just went to have a break and I walked outside and I'm looking at the stars, hunters running along with me and I'm shifting water on our property, sprinklers, keeping everything warm because it's going to be hot today. And, um, and I'm looking at the stars and I'm just thanking God for creation and how beautiful the stars are and how infinite it is and that gives us a glimpse of the eternal because what we're looking at actually happened, you know, potentially millions of years ago. What we're looking at, these things are so far off but when God created light, boom, it was instantaneous. So everything that was out there was visible by us because it was made for us, to look, for us to look at and to acknowledge his glory. So I'm looking at the stars and then Hunter disappears. And I'm, I'm looking for Hunter, I'm calling him, he's not coming. I'm thinking, oh, he's gone after those cavaliers over the road. He doesn't like the cavaliers over the road. And, um, and I'm looking for him and then he comes walking back in the dark and he's looking funny and I'm, we've seen this before. He, He's had a couple of seizures in his life, but that's only because he runs and runs and exhausts himself and his blood sugar drops and he has a seizure. But he hadn't been running, he'd been lazing around all day and he'd come back really shaking and, and he's been a little bit off sorts recently and we're thinking, oh no, with the blue-green algae and everything, yikes! You know, because we've got water going on around the property and his little wading pool fills up with water from the irrigation and he jumps in that and sometimes drinks it. And as I'm walking him back to the house and he's like, not making, he's like not working out the dark and the light and he's like stopping when the lights come on and, he, and then all of a sudden he drops down and has this massive seizure. And it's not a pleasant thing and I, he starts banging his head on the, on the pavers and I'm like trying to move him and he's a big dog, move him over onto the grass and then I just start praying for him. And I start praying in the spirit and just praying for him, praying peace over his life as his poor little things are just all locked up and... 
you know, it's not a pretty sight when you're, and then I'm like feeling him and he's just, he's heaving breath and, and panting and he's heating up something ferocious because all, all his muscles are going and he's running and so I just go and grab a hose and I come back and I'm hosing him off and I'm just praying for him, hosing him off and he, and he comes to and he just looks at me like, why are you wetting me? You know, like, what's going on here? Why have I got saliva all over my head? And I'm like, yeah, why have I got saliva all over me as well? And um, we took him inside. Kylie rang up the vet and, um, yeah. So I didn't know what I was actually writing in my notes here. I've, I've written it down. So that's the reason why I'm looking at my notes. But I'm so glad that we've got a God to call on in times of crisis. So we rang up the vet, and the vet goes, well, how's he doing? And I said, well, he's just eating a meal, um, he's drinking, he's fine, he's wandering around, he's, he's being nice to the cats. Um, he was a little bit, you know, anxious, he's walking around. So they said, oh, do you have any Valium or something? And when, you know, because last time he had a seizure, they, they gave us Valium and that. To, so had some Valium, and um, he, we put him in our room to sleep. But I am so glad that we have a God. So we woke up this morning at 2 o'clock with him, like, <laughs> breathing on me really hot. Like, come on, mate, let's go outside. So I took him out and come back in. And on your bed, went on his bed. I think he's going to be a bedroom dog from now on. He's like, yeah, I finally made it, you know. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. So what is the mind of Christ that will transform us if, if we take a, a choice to renew our mind by putting on this mind of Christ? You know, now the mind of Christ is totally opposite to our natural mindsets. Um, it's a model that is not in our original nature. The mind of Christ is totally different to the mind of self. It is diametrically opposed. So I'm going to read out some scriptures in five minutes to get through this so that we can have a cold drink and enjoy one another's company. No, you're doing that now, aren't you? Yeah? Ah, oh, good. Philippians 2. Philippians, great letter to Philippi. Oh, my goodness. It's, a, it's the rejoicing, joyful letter. I, I don't know how it Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. This is from Paul who's in prison at the time. And it wasn't this nice supermax prison with everything nice and clean. It was a horrible prison where they weren't even fed. They had to have friends and family that would bring them food and they would get beaten and have no medication. There, were, there was no doctors in there and doctors had to come in and look after them if there were doctors in the family or you had doctors. So this is a guy who's in prison in the most horrific circumstances and he's telling us rejoice. In all circumstances, rejoice. And I'll say it again, rejoice. And we have the mindset of pessimism today. No, rejoice, rejoice. And that actually means be ready to greet. Ready that it's already there. It's ready to blow up and explode in your life. Joy! When you meet someone, rejoice. Not how are you doing? Oh, it's been tough. Oh, I've been so busy. We're, we're so busy because our margins are so small and we're filling our life up with puddles. I want to encourage you to step into the deep end with God. Step into something deep and don't just fill your life up with puddles because those puddles dry up and then you've got to keep going looking for more and more puddles. Philippians 2, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, one mind. Straight away there, there should not be 
animosity in the church. This is one place where we should get it. And I want to encourage us. If you're facing something, then, then lay it down. If somebody's ticking you off, lay it down. If you're offended by someone, lay it down. That is the mind of Christ. See, the attitude of the self is like, no, I've got to fight for what's mine because if I don't, they're just going to use me as a doormat. Well, let them wipe their feet on you for a little bit. It might teach you some humility. There might be something that you want to learn. There might be some pride that God wants to deal with in your life. Who knows what can happen and what gold can come out of Oh, but I might be rejected. Do you know that Disney was rejected over 400 times by every major bank and he didn't stop? Now, if a guy that believed in Mickey Mouse can have that tenacity in life, don't you think we who believe in the risen Lord can believe in something more powerful? And it goes on to say, this is the mind of Christ. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others over yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Wow, this is something that we need to change in our life. Valuing others. Looking for the interests of others. Making sure that we're always uplifting and encouraging others and not just going, oh, please, oh. You know, oh, uh. oh! I've heard people complain about their jobs and about their families and about their husbands and about their wives and about their children. It's like, okay, you've complained. I get the story. Now change it. Start speaking something different because it's, put, it's on the, the helmet of salvation with the sword. What does God say about your husband, about your wife, about your children, about your, your workplace, about, you know, actually to do it as unto the Lord and to love one another as you love yourself. Now, that's a whole other message because self-loathing is such a major part of our world because of the interweb and comments and hatred, and just comparisons that are out there. The mind of Christ is totally different. Philippians 2 again, but going further on, um, I'm just going to grab the one. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. How much is everything? Wow, that's a word that doesn't confuse us. Everything without grumbling or arguing. Oh my goodness. Like when we don't get our, own, our, get our way, we just grumble. And we make life so difficult for everyone else. They go, okay, you can do it then. Okay, I'll just drop everything and, and do whatever you want. But that's the mind of self. Self-preservation for the person that's laying it down and, the, and selfishness for the person that's just trying to get their own way. But the mind of Christ says, no, no, don't be like that. Regard others rather than yourself. So finishing up in 39 seconds, Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, this is the um, English Standard Version, be known to everyone. Because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every, this is a staple in my, my day. Whenever I get anxious, boom. Philippians 4, 4 comes in. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, in everything, 
in everything, with prayer and petition, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Don't just make your complaints made known to everyone in your family, to everyone in your workplace, to everyone in your school or whatever it is. No, 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 no. Let them be made known to God. And the peace of God, which bypasses or surpasses all understanding, it guards your heart and your mind. The brain meets again in Christ Jesus. I love this. Finally, he's coming to a conclusion here, but it's a powerful conclusion about the mind of Jesus, the mind of Christ. Whatever is true, whatever is honourable. Now, oh man, what is true? Anyone who's ever done philosophy, that's the first question. What is truth? What is it nowadays? What is true? What might be true for you might be not true for me, but, but what are facts and what is truth? Truth are things that are that are complete and they don't change. The actual definition of this word true here, um, where is it? It means completely um, open, completely real, completely true, not concealing anything. Sometimes people will come to you and say, this is the truth, but they only tell you a half truth because it suits their argument. It suits their opinion. They only tell a half-truth. I was having a discussion recently about somebody who doesn't like a certain president in the world, and they were telling me everything that was wrong about this president. I went, okay, but did you realise that this has happened under his presidency? Oh, yeah, but, but, but did you realise that this has happened under his presidency? Yeah, but, because in Australia, we hate him. Our news hates him. If you look at American news... They love him. He may even get in for another term. Oh, and there's people going, why? But do you know what? He shouldn't be given a mobile phone. He shouldn't have a Twitter account, for sure. Uh, (laughs) But he is a businessman, and America needs a businessman at the moment. With all the other bullies in North Korea and America, we need a bully in in Russia. We need a bully in America as well. You might say, no, that's not right. Oh, So God hasn't done this. Oh, so God's not in control. Oh, so God's not able to have his way in everything. And just trust God. Just trust God. Um, Whatever is true. Now, when that's saying these things, it's, it's actually what Paul's saying is when you see truth, and it goes on to say whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, when you see truth, when you see honor, When you see real justice, acknowledge it. See it for what it is. Look at it. Study it. And praise God and be thankful for it. Don't just listen to something that somebody blah, blah, blah on the internet and go, oh, did you hear that somebody did this? And oh, repeat that. Because the Word of God says that slanderers won't enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people on Facebook that are unable to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now that scripture... I'm going to go Israel Folau on you for a minute minute, because this is the word of God. Israel Folau was hammered because he said something that is true. But the problem is that everyone's focusing on one part of that statement and forgetting that there's idolaters, there's adulterers, there's slanderers, there are greedy people. And if you look at the full essence of those words, we fit into all of them. When we look at, at swindling people, getting 
getting money and knowing, ah, oh, this isn't a fair exchange. When we look at slandering somebody, saying, oh, well, I'd never do that, but they did this and they, you're this and you're that. It's everywhere. Now, the, the statement, inherit the kingdom of God, if you look at its root meanings, it actually means you are unable to acknowledge that God is sovereign. Number one. Unable to acknowledge God as someone. Because if you do, then you've got to acknowledge that he's a redemptive God, that he's a loving God, and that he's made a way for forgiveness to come into our life and to have that, that dominion of sin broken over our lives. That is it. And you're unable to, to see the foundation that he has laid and the walk that he has given us. The essence of it is you are unable to receive and step into the walk of wholeness that He has made available for us. So you stay limited in your greed, in your sexual immorality, in your slander, in your gossip, in all those things. But when you see real truth, when you say justice, what is justice? Because people say, well, that's not just what happened to Him because that's unfair. Now, honestly, this is said to Christians. This is said to a church, this statement to keep them in check to say, hey guys, watch your behaviour because you won't be on the walk to wholeness and the walk to fulfilment in God if you behave in this way. He's talking to people that know God because it's foolishness to everyone else. It shouldn't have been put out on social media because it was meant for us to go. See, it's not meant to judge the world. It's meant for us to judge our own behaviour and identify fruit in other people. It's meant for me to judge me and identify fruit in other people's lives. It's not to judge other people or condemn other people because there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's no condemnation on you and no condemnation coming out of you either. Wow, that took a long time, didn't it? Whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, there is so much lovely stuff around the world that we don't even get to look at or even appreciate. Please stop and enjoy. Take some time off, as Kylie said. Relax, rest, enjoy some good flavours. Enjoy some good drink. Enjoy some good company. Enjoy some good aesthetics. Go out and look in the garden. Go looking for a beautiful rose or a beautiful flower or a beautiful watermelon. I don't know. Whatever turns you on, go and look for one. I feel like watermelon now. Uh, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about, fill your mind with these things, not the lack of these things, not everything that's going wrong in the world. If there's stuff going wrong in the world, pray about it. Don't be anxious. Don't be grumpy. Don't be obnoxious about it. Pray about it. But think about these things. And then it says, um, practice these things. Oh, and a promise comes up here. Anyone want to know the promise? It's right on the board. And God, the God of peace will be with you. Be with you. I love that, that he's with us. With us. Can you just stand? I want to pray for you this morning. If you're able to stand, I should say. I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit at the moment. I've said a lot this morning. But I want you to grab hold of this mind of Christ because it is foreign to our mind of self. But there's something peaceful, there's something powerful, and there's something completely ordered about it. It changes the atmosphere of our life when we take on the mind of Christ. If you'd like to, just hold your hands out like you're going to receive a gift because I'm going to pray that you receive the mind of Christ today. Scripture tells us we have the mind 
of Christ. It's available to us. It's right there. Father God, I thank you for your promises. I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for the example that he was, the example that he gave, and the teachings that he pervaded. And he showed us who you are by his kindness, his compassion, his love. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just move on each life, that that mind of Christ would just absolutely sink deep into our existence, that you, Holy Spirit, would remind us of Jesus and remind us of his teachings, his behaviour, his example in life, that we too would be able to have that peace in our lives to speak to the atmosphere, to speak to the storms of life, to speak to the mountains and say, be gone, evaporate, go. Father, I thank you for the authority that we have through the name of Jesus. And I thank you for the peace that is available to us through the mind of Jesus. I thank you for an impartation today, Father God, of the mind of Christ. And as we have given opportunities to step out into it, I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit reminding us of who Jesus is, what his teachings were, what his example was, and that without him, we can do nothing. You're a good God. You're so good to us. Your mercies in you every morning. Thank you, Father, for the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to bless you, Father. As we finish up this year, I want to thank you for this awesome year. 2019, the last of the decade of the teenies. Father, I thank you for the new year, the new decade that we're coming into. Father, I thank you for our eyes to be open, our ears to be open, our spirits willing to hear what you are saying to us and what you're saying to the church in this fresh season and in this fresh decade. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.